All of us listening to this podcast are well aware of the importance of sleep. Sleep is when we burn more fat. We make metabolic changes that help to maintain a healthy weight set point and insulin sensitivity. It's when we produce energy that allows us to go all day long and have that high level of focused productivity and flow state to get more done and condense time and achieve our goals faster. And it's also when we clear toxins from our brain, the same toxins that have been shown to cause neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. Our environment has changed a lot over these past few years. We're spending more time on screens than ever before. And the artificial light from our desktop computers, our laptop computers, and our cell phones has been shown in scientific studies to drive down melatonin production. Now, why is that bad? Well, melatonin is your body's sleep hormone. And when melatonin hormone levels drop, your body is unable to clear those toxins from your brain. And it's also not able to go into those deep states of REM and deep sleep where we're clearing those toxins and we're restoring the body and mind. And one of my favorite biohacks to overcome that, because let's be honest, a lot of us need to be on our devices for our work or for maintaining social relationships is blue light blocking glasses, but not just any blue light blocking glasses, because I've tried close to a dozen over the past few years and many of them just look goofy. Blue Blocks has come out with stylish blue light blocking glasses that are laboratory produced with high quality glass lenses. And they've been proven to block blue and green light, the same frequencies that drive down melatonin in the 400 to 550 nanometer range so that you get better quality sleep, your hormones are imbalanced, working the way that they are supposed to, and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. It's one of my favorite biohacks for optimizing my sleep. And <laughs> I've noticed that it's the only only pair that I've actually stuck with wearing. I ended up getting all three pairs. I start the day with the clear ones. I transition to the yellow ones later in the day and around sunset, I put on the red Sleep Plus Maverick ones and they've made a big shift in optimizing my sleep and my quality of life and I know they'll do the same for you. If you guys wanna check it out, go to www.blueblocks.com forward slash biohacks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S and enter discount code BIOHACKED. That's B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-D to save some dough. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Aaron Here's Alexander, the- welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm 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 shamelessly waving my book at you as you're saying hello. I apologize for that. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk about <laughs> Where's the book, man? We 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 respect and appreciate the pride that you have in your creation. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> we'll get there. A, a for enthusiasm. All right, good. beautiful man. Well, you're in you're now in the rare company of guests who have been invited back to the show. And it's in part because you're constantly evolving and doing a lot of great things for the world of mobility and helping people open up their bodies to get more out of their performance. Um but you weren't always in this camp. Maybe take us back to when you were a bodybuilding guy and where your life was at and give us yeah. a little bit of your backstory. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I was really obsessed with just packing on as much muscle as possible, uh, in large part just to prove to people that I was good enough and strong enough and big enough and like all the enough things. And that translated into bulkier movement, kind of like digressing in sport. I was playing ice hockey at the time. And injuries, had chronic back pain, kind of suffered from, I don't know, I call it just like a sensation of like disconnect connect. You know, in, in large part now I'm looking back, I was like, well, I was kind of callousing myself up and thickening myself up. Like how could I, anybody ever possibly get in in the first place? Um, and yeah, then ended up moving to Hawaii and got into, started studying psychology, went to the U8 university Hawaii out there and studied, went to massage school and then ended up going to rolfing school. And then just, it's been a journey of putting the parts back together, essentially. Nice. Um, and when people ask you, like, what is the Align Method? What do you say? Mm, well, first of all, the Align Method, uh, in large part, the publishers demanded it was called Method. I just wanted to call it Align. Um, but I think that the, the methodology aspect of it is teaching people how they can start to integrate more effective movement into literally every aspect of their life. So right now, as we're doing this interview, for example, um, I'm taking one knee, you know, so I'm kind of upright. I'm outside. You can see I have sun coming down on my back. Um, you know, I'm literally doing it on my cold plunge freezer. I have a sauna behind me, you know, so I've kind of hacked in quotations, my environment so that technically I'm at work right now and I have all these health inducing factors surrounding me you know so that's not i don't think i'm an oddity in that i think that anybody can can do that it's just we don't get any education on it and that's what the align method represents nice i love it over there biohacking and not looking for shortcuts not using all sorts of no technology. yeah biohack is yeah i mean it's just like is hiking up a hill a biohack or is jumping in a cold river a biohack like it's just words right. you know, like you need to do the work i don't think your bi biology in my opinion responds that well to anything that's like truly like a hack per mm -hmm. se. I think in the end, it's like you do the work, your cells respond because they've known that for millions of years. And uh, yeah, if not, I don't know, there's a, there, Carl Jung has a quote is saying some along the lines of, of uh, the, the best way to improve yourself is through retrogression. And when we seek out something beyond that technological advancements and such, it's usually uh, more expensive and short-lived. But going backwards is more sustainable and, uh, and cheaper, you know? So I think yeah. sitting outside as I do this podcast interview, as I use technology to do it, to me, it's kind of like combining worlds. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're big advocates. Carrie and I uh, start just about every day with workout, sun, you know, we'll sometimes go to the beach and do some breath work or just meditate and kind of catch the sunrise and, and, and tune our circadian biology. Right. And then do a few hard things like ice baths and, you know, we got breath modified. Yeah. Breath work. We got modified ice bath following some yeah. of the recommendations that you made. Great. So 16 cubic foot home depot freezer freezers out on the porch. We can That's work so cool. out sauna, yeah. jump in that thing. And we just found that both of us are more effective if we stack three to five hard decisions and activities that stress the body, but then trigger that adaptive response into the morning. I love that. That's some of the things that you're teaching people how to do. 
Yeah. Yeah. All this, all the, the, the most meaningful things are, are cheap to free. You know, most of the, the, the most invaluable tools for your health and well-being and cognitive function and success in the world. And, uh, it's pretty much right in front of us, you know, like go out into your yard, you know, create a meaningful relationship with your neighbor or with anybody, text a friend and tell them how much you care about them. Like all those things that, that really, really provide value. Um, like we already have them. We're just, most of those things don't really have a strong affiliate code, you know? So if you do like steaming kale, like no one's going to sell you steamed kale in an Instagram ad. So we don't talk about that nearly as much as like all the other stuff. What would you say? <laughs> morning routine. Um, optimal morning routine. Uh, I get sun immediately, you know, yeah. so that's the first thing I do before anything is I typically go out and my shirt's off and, um, you know, I'm wearing like some shorts or, you know, whatever. And, um, or if I had, if I had the ability, I live on ocean park in Santa Monica. So I'm like, literally like go out on like somewhat of a main ish street. Um, I would go out butt naked. Dong out. I would, yeah, I would for sure go dong out. I think that's the answer. <laughs> uh, and there's all sorts of interesting research that shows that you guys already are well familiar with of um, sun on the testicles, boosting testosterone, and uh, just, in, yeah, I mean, that, that's the, the most important thing for me is kind of setting that circadian rhythm, you could say. Intentionally exposing my eyes to the sun, not necessarily in like a weird sun gazy way, although I'm pretty much sun gazing. I just don't, you know, that term I think is kind of like, I think most people kind of steer away from that. You say that you're like, okay, official tinfoil hat guy, but I look at the freaking sun, you know, when it's coming up over the horizon, um, I feel like it, it's like literally bathing my eyes and sterilizing blood. And, you know, the sun's passing through the suprachiasmatic nucleus and activating dopamine and blah, blah, blah. Like it's doing good stuff, man. Like, you know, that's to me feels the first thing before putting food into my body, I put sun into my body. Um, and then from there, uh, I just drink some water. I'll make some tea or coffee. Um, I'll throw some like butter in it and, uh, yeah, I'll throw music on or listen this morning. I listened to Terrence McKenna, uh, cause he's just insane and amazing. Yeah, and you um, listen to a book or a lecture. I discovered this podcast. Uh, what is it called? It's called the psychedelic salon. And, um, I don't think it's overly popular, but they have like 600 odd episodes and they have, I just listened to a thing with Timothy Leary where he was doing an interview while he was in prison. Um, and another one with Terrence McKenna and I'll listen to stuff on YouTube and, uh, it's nice to be able to pop it into my, myself as people listening to this already realize. Um, yeah, so I'll either go like some type of like philosophical something or another, um, or just music. And sometimes I'll like intentionally do a little wiggle, like dance, like weird out. It's, it's strange. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We had, uh, we had some ecstatic dance. Yeah, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing. At you. We're good. Yeah, we're in the yeah, same. Yeah, you mean, should have saw our weekend. We've we've been we've been sun looking for years. Even you know, a lot of mornings, I'm in a I'm in a headstand possession position, looking ten to twenty. I like that you said possession. That's probably more accurate. Yeah, I'm Freudian slips over here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I start going off and speaking tongues in this episode, you'll know why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of mornings starting with with looking toward the sun. And we've had clients that have reversed, uh, improved their their prescription lens uh, prescriptions by like two and three different scripts just by getting up in the morning, looking toward the sun. Nothing dangerous. Yeah. Um, paying attention to their body and that feedback. So like. Yeah, we're right there with you. We did ecstatic yeah, the, dance. The sun, the sun literally reshapes the the structure of the eye. A, a large part of myopia, which is becoming just ubiquitous, it's like, of course you can't see in the distance, you know, is in large part 
perhaps because of all the chronic staring into cell phones and books and Move walls light. right in front of us. And yeah, exactly. Being, being barred by, by like junk light, um, you know, blue light and, and especially at the wrong times of the day, but then also a lack of getting that natural full spectrum light and actually going outside, like having the real thing, you know? And so again, commonly the typical, prescription for that or remedy would be seeking out some eye supplement or, you know, staying inside your cave and eating more carrots or some kind of carotene supplement. Like, meanwhile, like the answer is outside of your door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out, get out and get back like a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> Where, did a lot of this start out of necessity for your own physiology and, and seeing that the things that you were doing in bodybuilding and just focusing on mass weren't delivering the results that you were looking for or, or not resulting in you feeling the way that you want to felt wanted to feel like, yeah. how, did it, how did it go from this to a movement that's, that's helping people all over the world? I think probably pain would be the predominant thing, you know? And so I had a bunch of shoulder dislocations and I had like an ankle dislocation and, um, you know, just, chronic back pain and general sensations of, you know, what I was describing before. And so that leads a person, me in this case, to seeking out professional help and just asking those questions about how do we, you know, I used to really believe that the, the natural state of the human organism was like pain, you know, and, and to not be in that, I was like, who, wait, you know, if you discover somebody who's like a unicorn, they're like, well, you don't have any pain in your body. Like, that's not they're like, yeah, no, I feel good. feel really good. Um, <laughs> like, Oh, really like, you must be lying or delusional because I'm dying over here. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that essentially it was like, like most people, uh, pain cause different questions to be asked, you know, cause there's only so long that you can ram your head against the wall. You know, it's like the Einstein quote about, you know, the same, whatever he said, the same thought going into an issue isn't going to be able to change the problem. That's, I've just destroyed that, but it's something along those lines that you got to change your, you change your thought pattern and you know solve the problem. What did he say? You guys know what he said. What did he say? How's he say a problem with the same line of thinking that created it in the first place. And then there's yeah. like the definition yeah. of insanity. There's all, the yeah, thing. doing the same now thing. I'm butchering them too. We're just acting different. Damn you. That's not what I said. Oh, beautiful. So when, when, what did you start doing different? When did you start experiencing breakthroughs? And, uh, you know, what, what were the changes that were occurring in your mindset? You've done a lot of work on yourself too. Yeah. What were the changes to your exercise and training, your nutrition? What, what helped you start getting out of pain for the people that may still be in it? I think in large part, I mean, I'm still in the process, of all this stuff. You probably are as well. Um, and I think a big thing for me has just been feeling like safe in the world and feeling worthy of love and, um, you know, walking into a room and feeling like you're connected and, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, or there's nothing to be, there's no reason to kind of like hold your head down or kind of try to hide. You know, that has a, a, a huge impact on your nervous system. You know, if you're chronically held in contraction or, you know, say like having a scoliosis in your spine, that's more consistent with uh, adolescent girls when we're consistently have scoliosis, you know, so their spines will start to kind of wrinkle into this position, which 
I'm not saying this is a fact because I don't, you know, it's, it's tough to pinpoint exactly why that happens, but it would be an interesting conversation to suggest that perhaps that could be some form of structural hiding. You know, I don't really want to be seen right now. I have, you know, my chest is changing. There's blood coming out of me and guys are looking at me and this weird, like I'm like some kind of like prey creature, you know, like I could see that being, there being lots of reason in that point in the culture that we live in to, you know, feel more comfortable hiding. You know, since it's, so it wouldn't be really appropriate to like go to school with a box over your body, your structure will start to change shape. And uh, just to give you the, the internal sensation that people can't see you. And yeah. so coming out of that and having feeling more proud to be in your body, not having any shame of having an anus or having a cock or having a vagina or, you know, anything about your childhood or just like, I'm here, man, whatever happens, like I'm just a part of the algorithm. You know, there's nothing for me to, to contract and hide from in myself. And so I think that um, that's a real meta out there description of, of, you know, how I started doing pushups differently. But I think that's been yeah. a part of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these, these examples show up everywhere. Like, I mean, I remember noticing I went to Italy in, uh, in 2003 and I was in awe of how much physical contact the people yeah. over had with one another. And and it made me keenly aware that that was something I was not comfortable with. And then I started looking at, they would, um, if you cheers and you don't make eye contact, it's seven years, bad sex. Yeah, exactly. Also made me keenly aware that I was terrible at eye contact. Like all this stuff came to the forefront by seeing people that were good at at, at those things and their form there. These are variations of shine away. And yep. like, it, it's, it's an underlying psychology that's very disempowering. Yeah. We're, and and we're you afraid see that, to engage. I think the guy's name is James Prescott and he studied various different cultures around the world that, uh, the amount of touch that they had from their, their mothers or like the tribe in general, as, as they were growing up as their kids and infants. Um, and he found a consistent one-to-one correlation of the amount of war uh, that the tribes would go through compared to the amount of physical touch. So when they were in, in more compassionate, touching, caring upbringings as, as kids, uh, they don't grow up to be assholes, you know, and, and there's, there's another, you know, the, the Romanian orphanages is a really popular example that I have in, in, in the book as well in the, the chapter all about touch. Um, and uh, during that time frame, there was an, there was an excess of orphans and not enough caretakers. And uh, so those kids in the orphanages, they literally wouldn't grow. They'd all have all these, these emotional disorders and like their bones, their connective tissue, just, it would stop. It would go into like this dormancy period because it was, they were getting, this is again, kind of hypothetical why it happens, but they were getting the signal that it's not safe to grow. So we should slow down the metabolism, go into this like metabolic winter. Um, because we should wait until essentially like fasting from life until we have the touch from our mother or a touch from our family to take care of us and, and grow us up. I think that's a consistent thing with adults. You know, if you feel touched and you feel loved and you feel supported, like we're just, adults are just, you know, they're, what do, what do they say? They're, they're babies in adult costumes. You know, we're dealing with all those same patterns that get ingrained since like pre-age six or whatever it is, you know? And so we, you know, we buy cars and we put jewelry on and perfume and get haircuts and put muscles on and have business cards. But underneath that, that is just, you know, a, a childlike operating system, I think. Yeah. There's, there's a power that we step into as well. The more comfortable we become without all the guises, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, when we're comfortable in our own body 
and having a, a, a conversation face to face, heart to heart with somebody, it shows that work has been done to strip away the things that are often distractions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, are you looking into the camera eyeball? Because I actually had like a heart to heart moment with you as you were saying that. Oh, I felt it. I felt it's it. I was not, like, no, I'm serious. I almost like, said, no, I was dude. like, I was like, I'm going to show Aaron Alexander that you can have heart to heart conversations no. over the internet. Because I know you're big on in person every time we talk. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't when you can be in California, yeah, I'm all, like, I do all in person. But, all in person. I, but we, we will be on the <laughs> But yeah, I noticed that and I was thinking the same thing. I felt That's it too, really and it was just That's... awkward for me to not be a part of it, but to witness it for <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you kind of third-wheeled on that heart-to-heart. Yeah, I just yeah, had with yeah. it. Yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Aaron, talk, us, talk to us about the book. Let's, let's yeah. get into it. Sure. What's the breakdown? Who's it for? Give us, give us some of the dirty deeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's, I mean, I, because the little that I know about business related things, I kind of have the idea that it needs to be like niched down and have a specific avatar. And it's like 35 year old Selma in Connecticut that's working on her computer and hunched forward and staring at her cell phone all the time. And, you know, she wants to feel more joy in her body and she wants to, you know, feel like life is more like a dance and have go through the day and just see endless opportunities of, of wellness as opposed to just being like martyring myself for work and then going to a Pilates studio and sweating for 45 minutes. That's my avatar but uh selma the publishers and so and most everybody that's read the book has been like no dude this book is literally for everybody and i'm like i don't think that that's i don't know if that's like allowed for everybody it's for nobody that's what yeah ex- no exactly and i'm like i'm like shit okay so either selma or everybody i guess would be my, <laughs> my response um but uh, you know it's it's pushing against the common model of fitness being something that you do and instead something that you that you are 100% of the time you know so the position that you choose to sleep in um the amount that you walk or don't walk the way in which you walk the amount of sun exposure the sounds in your environment the way that you use your eyes the mechanics of how you pick something up off of the ground the mechanics of your breathing um all of that, you know, body language, what is the meaning of that? That's essentially what the book tackles is looking at all those kind of abstract uh, aspects of fitness that aren't so easily contained inside of like a CrossFit box. But most of the CrossFit box that I go into are pretty darn progressive actually. And they're talking about all the same stuff. Hey, what's up everybody. If you are a biohacking secrets fan, of course you are, you'll love the optimal performance podcast. The OPP is one of the longest running biohacking podcasts on the internet, and it's all about taking your mental and physical performance to the next level. Whether it's through nootropics, cutting edge biohacking techniques, mental frameworks, or adjusting your approach to nutrition and fitness, we have the best minds in the industry sharing about how you can achieve optimal performance in all aspects of your life. Sleep, microdosing, keto, carnivore, productivity, meditation, metabolic optimization, mentality optimization, cannabis, cancer prevention, and treatment. It's all in there. So head to your podcast player and subscribe to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'll see you on the internet. Yeah, they've started doing a lot of trigger point work and myofascial release and and some of the things that are in your world. So Selma comes to you with some pain. She's yeah. working a job that she has to. She's got maybe one to two hours per day max to work on herself. Where do you start people out? What is what are some 
overview components of, of the method, where do you feel like is, where's the starting line for humanity right now with all the tech in our life? Yeah, super simple. I break it down to you know, five movement principles. What is the subtitle? I here. Five movement principles for a stronger body, sharp mind, and stress-proof life. Um, subtitles or subtitles, whatever. But that's essentially it's essentially yeah, it's essential we're going through. The, the the contents of the book I stand by, you know, <laughs> with with the, the the cover and everything. I actually think the cover is actually great. It's like a picture out. I on thought the it was a good cover too. Honestly, I was. Yeah, pretty- no. yeah, yeah. No, I like it. But but um, yeah. So with with Selma, um, I would just first break down, are you, are you doing the five daily movement principles? And if the answer is no, it's like, okay, well, let's start. Um, one thing, some of, have you been on the ground this week or today? Um, if you haven't been, you need to, <laughs> like, like, it's like, that's like challenging language to hear. Like you need to, but like, I think you need to as a human organism, that's what you've come from since the beginning of ever. Um, you know, and that cross crawl pattern and being able to roll and cross your legs. And maybe, you, you know, if you're a, Native American, you're like weaving something while you're sitting on your butt and you got the thread in your toes. Like that's been a part of our biology since, since ever, you know, and now recently, you know, Western culture that has higher incidence of osteoarthritis of the hip, of the knee, you know, hip replacements. That's like a, a chair thing. That's a chair sitting thing. That's not a Native American tribal Amazonian African, like that's not a thing. Uh, fall risk, for elderly, if you give a shit about yourself or your parents or your grandparents, get them on the ground. Because while you have the capacity to be on the ground, you're, you're shoring up that relationship so you don't lose it. If that chasm between hip hinging at 90 degrees, or probably not even really a hip hinge, but just kind of like collapsing at 90 degrees with your hips and um, getting all the way down and all the way back up, the, every day that you go without a reasonable amount of that, that chasm gets larger and larger and larger until you can't jump it anymore. And now you have a fall rest and you have to walk around with a red button, you know? And so that to me is absolutely insane that that's not a more common conversation. And so that's one of the, one of the chapters is one of the principles. And then there's other, you know, there's other principles I think everybody should be doing as well. Well, walk us through. That's the first principle. What's the, what's the, yeah. So like sitting, sitting more, are we talking about sitting more on the ground? Like anything. I I see you talk about sitting culture and things like that and creating a workstation where you're like cross-legged down. It could be any, it could be anything. I just want people to get down on the ground. And then ideally from there, we can have a mechanical conversation, which we get into in the book, you know, and figure out, um, just like anything, just breathing isn't breathing isn't breathing. That's like, there's just because you did a thing doesn't mean you did it to its highest efficacy. Mm-hmm. And so with spending time on the ground, there's all sorts of mechanical principles that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, any, really any position, because by you making that journey, you know, the primordial journey of moving all the way up to all the way down on the ground and then back up, um, you're taking your joints for the most part through a pretty darn full range of motion. You're circulating fluids, you're moving lymph back through the, the, the bloodstream to get recirculated. Um, you're, you're doing all the things. Um, you know, so that would be the thing is, is pretty much any position first. And then from there, let's talk about specifics. And, um, and you're talking about as long as they're going from standing to down on the ground and then coming back up, even if it's not pretty, you know, like my dad has neurodegenerative disease, Parkinson's, him yeah. getting down on the ground and back up. It's not anything that's going to make an Instagram highlight reel, yeah. but you're saying there's benefit just in going through those motions, you know, bending yeah. I mean, think, think about a baby, you know, so when, when a baby, like a lot of adults need to be reprogrammed much like a child. So if you can get out of the way of yourself enough to actually feel, what is it? Like we're smart organisms, 
you know, so you can feel physics, you know, how do I move myself through gravity most effectively? Um, you know, so I think that naturally, if you do get a, out of the way of yourself enough, which will probably be hard depending on how much patterning you have, which is a lot at this point, me, myself included, um, your body will naturally figure out, you know, what's the most effective way to get up and down from this. But I think as well, it's really smart to have a coach and break down some specific principles to kind of jump you forward because most of us do have so much imbalance patterning between that. And that's what the, the book breaks down. It's like, okay, here's the actual principles to really follow through that. But if you don't have the book and you're out in the middle of Siberia somewhere or something like that, you probably already are on the ground actually. Um, but I would recommend for that person still just spend more time down there. So that could be like checking your text messages. That could be eat breakfast down on the ground, ideally outside. Um, that could be checking your emails. Uh, I wrote almost all of the book on the ground. I think 99% of the book I wrote, you know, from either lying on like a biomat lying outside or I was up on my roof a lot too. So I could get sun. Nice. Yeah. And does it matter if it's the grass or pavement or... Grass is better. Yeah, the more exposure you can get to all the probiotic stuff and the whole like Shinrin Yoku fighting sides and boosting the immune system, like nature Wait, bathing. What, what, what did you um, just mention there? He's speaking in fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of tugs. Uh, oh, just Shinrin Yoku is an unnecessary word. In Japanese, it means nature bathing. And essentially, they they studied the, the, the science of um, the, the beautiful, magical symphony of chemistry that happens when you just go walk through the woods. And so the closer you can put yourself out in that environment, the more healthy it's going to be. You don't need to coop yourself. Like just doing that, you probably work on a laptop. You know, you probably a large part of your work is on your phone, you know, so you can move yourself outside. Um, if you can do that, put the computer in the shade, you know, what have you, ideally get some grass or something like that. Uh, be barefoot, put yourself near trees. That's helpful with, um, I don't know what the term is. Um, alleviating some of the EMF, uh, being near trees. I talked to people that know about more about this than I do. And they said, get near trees. I'm like, okay, cool. I trust you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can, it's all these ways to stack healthy variables. Ground is one of the variables outside is another one of the variables. Put yourself near healthy health inducing sounds, you know, so soothing sounds, get yourself a water burbler or build a pond in your yard. Um, get a bird feeder. So you have birds coming into your yard. All of those things affect you, your autonomic nervous system, indicating that, okay, I'm safe in the world. If you put yourself near sirens and all that stuff, um, for the most part, that kind of rattles your nervous system up. Compound that with staring into a screen all, all day long because your visual system is connected to your autonomic system. So if I'm staring into a screen, I'm, I'm isolating that like myopic focused vision. A guy called Andrew Huberman, who actually reviewed my sight chapter in the book. Andrew. Um, Andrew. Yep. We yeah, we got uh, the podcast too. We created a bio oh. in the brain course together. He came beautiful. He's amazing, man. He's awesome. I'm a really oh, big fan God. of him. Yeah, he's one of, it's interesting when you meet people that are like they're like a dude first or yeah. a chick first. They're like a human first, and then oh, by the way, I do this. I'm like this amazing professor. He's like Stanford a boxy neuroscientist. Yeah, exactly. Like by the way, I'm kind of a superhero. Yeah. but we can like bro out and like you know we can have a beer. Like it's totally fine. Sure. We can just, we just sure. he's great. Um, so anyway, so that's so that's something as well. Another compound. I'm kind of rambling on, so I'll stop very soon. Um, but that's great. another variable. Like Keep them coming. That's another variable that you can stack into this healthy variable sandwich that we're creating now is uh, activate, express, exercise your panoramic vision. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're really stressed out person 
like think about listening right now. Um, you know, you might hopefully maybe taking a walk or maybe you're in the car or something. Uh, instead of looking at the car right in front of you, or even worse, staring at the phone right in front of you, look out and take kind of the panorama of the highway as a whole and look out and, you know, hopefully you're walking and probably be safer, uh, but look up into the trees and look up into the clouds and, you know, allow your vision almost to like blur a little bit and calm down. And literally that's tied into your nervous system says, okay, boom, we're chilling out here. I don't need to hunt. I'm not stringing my bow back and about to and about to kill an animal. I don't need to focus in like that. Right now, it's time to chill and rest and digest and repair. Your nervous system's all it's operating on on uh, an operating system that's millions of years old. You know the fact that we have all this technology laced up to our faces. It's like it doesn't. We're still dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Every every uh, twice a month, I go see Dr. Aaron Applebaum in Boca, and he does a bunch of body work that's way deeper than I could go on my own. And we yeah. were having this same conversation yesterday. He's become a bit of a mentor. He's in his sixties, but he does Tai Chi and a lot of different martial arts. He's incredibly wise. He's got the pattern recognition from working with like thousands upon thousands of people. And he was talking to me and he was like, what you need to be very conscientious of is just what you were describing. He's like, you spend a lot of time, very intense, very focused, but the signal that you are sending to your nervous system is one of fight or flight, yep. you know, symp sympathetic dominance. He's like, and we need to go into like, not just predator vision, but also like prey, taking it all in, getting that panorama, like, like you described. And, and during that, even using like a self-soothing breath nasal, gentle, nasal, cyclical breathing that like feels good and builds that coherence between yep. head and heart. And I was, exactly I mean, right. it, was, it was, it was very obvious that he was correct. And like, even just in the past day, I've been working on more of those things and just weaving them in, like even as, cool. as we're conversating, keeping yeah. yourself good. And I think there's also value in, you know, sinking your teeth into some bloody meat and fucking fighting somebody and wrestling and hip throwing somebody over and, whoop and whoa, like throw a tomahawk yeah oh yeah a ton uh, of value in that getting fired up over here <laughs> well Aaron, you know uh, technology what have you found some of the most effective strategies to coexist with our devices because i know Last time we did a session with you when I was in California, you were correcting everyone's posture with yeah. devices. I know you have some some simple biohacks, quote unquote, mm -hmm. to share with the listeners regarding how we can coexist with our devices. Well, one that's really apparent that you guys have probably talked about a lot is just like flexing the heck out of your airplane mode on any of your devices. If you don't need to be radiating information down to your testicles or you know ovaries or what have you, um, I it seems it seems wise to not do that yeah. and so <laughs> i mean for, for sure. yeah. especially so, with the 5g networks that are being all <laughs> over the place without our control at least you have control over that airplane mode button yeah yeah so i think that's a big thing that i will i will i will do without fails i download stuff i'm a downloader and when i download i put the phone down um, I keep it out of my pocket and uh, I come back once it's ready and it's all juiced up with all the radiation. I put it on airplane mode and I throw it back into my pocket and I go out for a walk. Um, you know, another thing is, as you are staring into your phone, there's an interesting um, photographer. I, I talk about him way too much to not know his name, but he uh, created a he photoshopped the phone out of just like oh, a bunch of different it's so that. cool it went viral yeah. too that was good yeah exactly it's very cool um, yeah people highly recommend playing like 
back to back and there's just an empty void. You may have actually showed me one of those. Yeah. It's really about, it's a, it's a, I think as far as images that I've seen, like of our time, I think it's actually one of the more valuable images that I've, I've seen, you know, as far as like the, the meaning, the meaning behind it, because d- depression is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. Um, you know, is that a nutritional thing? Is that a lack of outdoor time thing? Is that a relationship thing? Is that a radiation thing? Um, or is it a mechanical thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's all of it. Uh, but the conversation that I see a massive deficit in is the mechanical conversation, which mm-hmm. is again, essentially what the align method book represents is like, I'm, I'm filling in, I, I'm, my intention is to fill in that space and say, here's the whole mechanical guide on all of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, when you look at people in that position, they're like, oh, they're hunched over and they look kind of mopey. Um, you know, and so what I would recommend with that is one of the, another one of the chapters in the book is getting into the value of, of hinging at your hips. You know, so when you are looking at the phone, keep your spine nice and long and neutral, keep your neck upright and, you know, maybe just kind of like put yourself into a little position. So you kind of hinge forward into the phone. It's going to look kind of weird. Some people can do it to like bring the phone up in front of your face like that. You know, most people aren't going to do that. It's, it's like a little strange, but what you can do is just kind of teeter yourself forward, keep yourself long, keep that neck upright. So you're not exacerbating that forward head posture mm. and uh, do that as you work on your phone or put your phone on a desk or something like, you know, some kind of surface and hinge your hips over. So now you're stretching out your posterior chain. You're getting long and stacked through your spine. And then another thing, this is probably again, more details than is necessary. Use your opposite hand, your less dominant hand and try to be flowy with that in life in general, because that's been shown to help with creative thought. You know, so if you can be more uh, fluid with the mechanics of your movement, you will typically be, that'll translate to be more fluid with the mechanics of your thought. You know, so you can see when someone moves really clunky, um, you you pretty much have a sense of what the personality is going to be like. Mm-hmm. It's very rare for someone to kind of clunk over and knock the glass over and <laughs> look like, like a robot and come and be all like, well, hello, you know, I'm like, you know, Rico, so like it's, it doesn't happen that way. You know, a, a smooth mover will be a smooth talker, will be a smooth thinker because it's all the same thing. So you can start to tap into your thoughts and your feelings, your emotions, um, and cognitive function through tapping into your movement function. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I read a quote from, uh, a Buddhist monk and he talked about kissing the earth with your feet. Imagine you're moving through the world as if you're kissing the earth with your feet and, I was like, I leave footprints everywhere I go. I'm like a bull in a China shop. I got some (laughs) work to do. Yeah. Um, Footprints and sweat drops. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a trail. It's not hard to track me down. Just follow the water. Um, That's the value. That's the value. I just recently got a compound bow and we're going out to. uh, Yeah, we went last. uh, No way. Cool, uh, man. Yeah. So I have a hunt, my first one ever in my life. Um, in coming up in like two and a half weeks in, in Maui, which is my old home, which is very exciting. Are you going after the pigs? Uh, we'll do, I'll probably just do deer, but I might do boar as well. Okay. Uh, we'll see. But, but the interesting thing with hunting that I think is so valuable and it could be hunting, it can be gathering too. Um, the only thing is with gathering is the, you know, the plants typically don't run away. So there's not as much of a (laughs) well there's not as much of a need for you to be like one with nature if the thing if you're not with hunting your only choice is to become one with nature or nature will recognize you and peace the freak out you know so it's an interesting you know how our our environment forms us you know so 
being out in the woods with the intention of bringing an animal back to hopefully feed your family, um, that there's a, there's a guy called Marshall McLuhan that wrote a book called the medium is the massage. His original meaning was the medium is the message. And, uh, they changed the book name to medium is massage. I think there's some interesting thing with like the editor. They, I think they thought it said massage and then they're like, Oh, we like it. We'll keep it. Um, anyways, it's a separate thing. Um, but what he, the, the meaning of the, the medium is the message is that it's not what you're reading on your phone. It's not what you're listening to on the podcast. It's not what you're reading in your book. The, the, bigger effect is actually the medium of how you're, you're capturing this information and how the mediums are actually forming you at a deeper level. And so we're wrapped up in the minutia of the details, but in large part, what's really forming us is this, this structure, the society structure that we're in. If you put yourself into a hunting structure, you're out in the woods, all of a sudden that medium forms you into a more sensitive, conscientious, essentially like tantric individual. You have to tap into all of your senses. You're, you know, if there's a breeze, you have to tap into that. If there's a smell, you have to tap into that. You have to affect your smell so you don't scare animals away. And you have to be aware of, okay, the breeze is coming through. It's pushing my smell that direction. We don't have that as you're walking down the street with like a coffee in one hand, your cell phone in the other hand, and wearing a pair of high heels. Like we don't have that. You know, and when, when you do have that attention, I think it's very challenging to be anxious, depressed, or any of those bummer feelings while you're completely present to what the heck's going on in the world. The more that you tap away, you pull yourself out from what's happening, uh, your senses, the easier it is to get trapped in your mind. I'm getting all like Ram Dass. I'm listening to too much philosophy shit. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I'm, uh, so the new, the new, newer, newest Ram Dass album is incredible. And I was actually thinking of both that and uh, a, a book by Jerry and Esther Hicks, um, like the, it's one, they do kind of like a law of attraction series, but I listen, I'll listen to the Ram Dass album on repeat or some of these books from Jerry and Esther Hicks, like money and the law of attraction or any, any of their different niches, because it feels like vibrational tuning. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer that like we tune, that we're a lot like tuning forks and we can tune ourselves with what we read or what we listen to, or just by surrounding ourselves with life nature, other people, and, and, and especially if those people vibrate on a similar wavelength, have similar values. Um, it's, it's something that we charge them up, they charge us up. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you can measure you can measure that the 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 waves coming off of our heart and our brain that that frequency. I think HeartMath Institute did this, I believe, where they they literally will attune to each other in order to create rapport. You know, so the way that we can connect is we have to see some piece of ourselves in another. Uh, and if we don't see that in another, there'll be pretty much a disconnect. And so I think naturally our biology, maybe because we all just are actually connected probably. Um, but nonetheless, at least from the sake of, of rapport building and tribal building, being able to be a cohesive unit will literally become one. You know, so you go to a rock concert or whatever, and everybody's holding their lighter up and swaying in unison It's because it's one larger organism. That's probably the superpower of humanity is that we have the capacity to transform ourselves from one isolated unit into seven trillion. If we like, you know, start giving a shit about each other.
This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut distension dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash B I O H A C K S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. Where does body work, myofascial release, trigger point work fit into the align method, if at all? Mm, yeah, it fits in a lot. So I, I, I break down, um, I think there's like 70 some different uh, photos of different techniques, most using the Align Band, which is a resistance band with a door anchor. So you can attach it to like a hotel room or your house or, you know, anywhere, a car door, and uh, use that to do various different techniques, which I break down in the book. So like pin and stretch technique or any form of myofascial release, contract, relax, aka PNF, uh, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. It's just fun fun to say it has no there's no reason to say that at all uh, yeah it's, yeah um but you can kind of trick your nervous system in a way or maybe gain a relationship would be a better way to say it um to gain trust that you're able to go into deeper ranges of motion than what you your nervous system had typically believed or trusted um you know so i think that there is a, a valuable element in actually having the tools in your toolbox to go home or go out or go anywhere and be able to work on the mechanics of your ankle, your toe hinge, your knee or your hip or your spine, you know, all, all of the parts. And so I think that there's lots of value in understanding the mechanics of that. And, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, we don't need to be completely dependent on a physical therapist or a chiropractor or massage or all or whatever. I think that you have all the tools that you, that you need within you. And it's really helpful to go see a, you know, somebody that's kind of like a master to kind of be able to jump you down the, down the path. I think that was a nebulous response. I don't know, but, but I, the answer is yes. I think it's important. Hey, I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. Okay. Um, Very nice. We like <laughs> so you, you just finished writing this book. How did you utilize pieces from your method during for writing breaks to keep yourself refreshed to oh, come in all over. I literally, I literally did the whole book while following the method in quotations, you know? So like, like I said, I did everything from various different positions on the ground. Um, Sphinx pose was a big one that I used quite a bit. I put a pillow underneath my pelvis to support my low back. So I'm not in like excessive hyperlordosis. Um, and then I, you know, press my elbows down into the ground and kind of get my head nice and long. Sometimes I collapse too. That's fine. Um, sometimes I lay on my right side and open up my whole like lateral line, open up through QL and the ribs and all that intentionally following the breath into those areas. Um, sometimes I'd write standing and throw the computer up on like the kitchen counter and just start like stretching my, my hamstrings and kind of twisting my hips out and doing some yoga stuff. Um, I would set a Pomodoro 
timer, uh, which I talk about the, that technique in the book. And, you know, so I'd set like have intentional 25 minute intervals and then have like five, I wouldn't always follow it exactly, but something along the lines of a 25 minute interval bell goes off. Okay, cool. I get this five minute break and then I'd go and I'd walk and I'd, you know, that's been shown to help with creativity and, cons- and memory con- cons- consolidation. Um, you know, so just taking a break and kind of like pouring the cup out, I think is really important. Most of us, our educational model is we don't give a shit about what's in your cup. We're just going to keep on filling and say that we did. Uh, I think it's way more valuable to let kids dance and listen to music and, you know, pick each other up and climb trees and lick turds. And, you know, yeah. all that stuff's a part of the adaptation process of being a human being. Your and kids, Aaron, your kids your, can lick the turds. Yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. You <laughs> Start know. a special school for <laughs> turd licking. There's a market for everything. Yeah. But so that was, I mean, all of those things, um, I didn't look any turds during the writing of the book, but <laughs> if I did, I'd probably have a high, a healthier microbiome. Your immune system would probably be through yeah, the you would first yeah. <laughs> There was there was an interview with uh, Israel Adesanya who just uh, who just got the not the welterweight belt whatever or maybe it was the welterweight belt and uh, he was talking about he goes I had malaria nine times as a kid he goes my immune system like it was like the greatest thing that animals animals is helpful with allergies Uh, it's a big deal you want to expose yourself. The more that you knowledge, but you can't cheat the system. You can squish them. Maybe it's like a tube of toothpaste. You can like squish the toothpaste. Analogy. I really anyway, felt like think you on the analogy. That analogy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was that was easy for me to access. Yeah. Yeah. Um, too easy. I don't yeah, know. That was that was too easy. That's right. But yeah, so I think that within that, it's the same thing. Like you can protect yourself in quotations from the the, the bugs and the bacteria now, uh, but at some point you'll have to pay the price for that. So oh, yeah. I'd rather have a cold today to avoid some type of like life-threatening illness when I'm 60. Totally. Sure. And you, I'm sure you hit points where you didn't want to write, whether you call it writer's block or just resistance or whatever. What yeah. was the conversation that you had with yourself during those periods? And, uh, and how did you handle that? Did you go with it and just not write and go do something else? Or was it, Hey, I made a, I made a commitment that I needed to sit down and write this many words every morning. Like talk us through how you were able to yeah. uh, handle those moments. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think I failed a lot. I think, um, I wouldn't then failure. What does that mean? But I, um, would one just, I think having the threat of judgment was a big thing for me and just knowing that people like you guys, like there's a good chance you guys will read the book or at least parts of it. And you're smart mofos. Like, you know what you're doing. You've talked to, you know, all the smartest people you're reading all the books. Like you really know your shit. You're going to have this book with Aaron Alexander's name on it, his face on the front. Um, that makes me like crap my pants, you know? And so I think that that was the thing that would was like a driving force in large part was like, was like, this is, your name's going to be stamped on this thing, man. Like you need to give a shit now, or again, I'll squish the toothpaste someplace else. I had a good time now, but then eventually I have to pay for it. Um, so in large part, that's not a most beautiful answer, but a large part, I think it was like fear-based. <laughs> and then, and then the, and the other part. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, then, is, it lives forever. There's no question. The book yeah. lives forever. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then the other part, um, a lot of the chapters were freaking fascinating, man. You know, so there's like the, the last part is it's called moving your senses. And so it gets into the way that, uh, you know, sound affects your physiology, how you can leverage that as a tool for your fitness and health and well-being, and sight and touch and get into like mindfulness and, you know, body language and how your movement affects your thoughts and feelings. And so it was a really cool experience to get to immerse myself in those topics, ask, you know, all these questions, get all this research. I had a co-writer as well. Name's Phil White. He co-writes with like Kelly Starrett. He's done oh, stuff yeah. like I've got did. up here. We've, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's he's awesome. He was he was a invaluable asset because we could team up and you know talk about chapters and get psyched. And he was like fully on my team for mm-hmm. it. You know, like it was, it was our book. Like we were, we were, we were, we were doing this thing together. Um, you know, and so that was, that was invaluable to have somebody that I could reach out and have like a partner. Um, yeah. So that was, I think that was, the, that was kind of the combination thing. One, it was genuinely fun. Um, the only parts that were less fun for me are writing about things that I already so well know. And I'm just like documenting it essentially just so that we can like have it in there because people need to know it. Uh, but the chapters that were challenging, those were the ones that were actually the most inspirational. And I could actually like, you know, time would be lost because I was so intrigued by the way the sound of the chimes in the background or the freaking toaster oven or whatever affects my physiology. And oh God, I got to ask more questions and research and listen to podcasts and write notes down. And then, oh man, I'm going to write about this. So those parts were quite easy. But there was other parts that, I, like I said, I was just petrified of judgment. <laughs> but what <laughs> uh, I mean I relate. We had coming up. I was I was staying up late making sure as oh, many yeah. things like we were we worked our butts off because we wanted it to be dialed in. We didn't want to, you know, we've had it's moments boring. in past in past events where maybe it wasn't as dialed in. Like it doesn't yeah. feel good. It's yeah, yeah. Especially if you're if you're already by nature a little hard on yourself. Yep. Yeah, most of the things that you're hard on yourself about, for the most part, depending upon what your perception of that is, um, very few other people are going to notice. Um, but I think there's exceptions to that as well. You could just be kind of a derelict. And a lot of people think, maybe I fall into this category sometimes, where they think they're like the bee's knees, but in reality, they're like, nope, it's not, it's not happening. I heard a great, uh, a great, a great quote from Tim Ferriss, and he's like, you're not as good as they say you are or as bad as they say you are. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Another thing that I found, I found interesting with, was how my, much my thoughts could change. So the real, the way that I knew that the book was, was like complete, whatever that means, you know, eventually just forced to stop, um, is I would go back through the publishers, give me another opportunity to like make an edit. At this point they're saying essentially like you pretty much can't edit anything, Aaron. Um, this is just making sure. And then I would just like take whole paragraphs out like, no, like it needs to change. And when I was, when I was at that point, um, and I would make changes to things at this point, it had been, you know, polished and revised probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 times or something like that, like going through and having people read and, you know, it was like, okay, we're like pretty polished at this point. Um, and I would make changes and then I would come back and look at it like a week later and think that it was so much better before. And that's when I started to lose trust in myself essentially. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's fine. Like we're, we're good. I don't need to make any more changes. Good and done is better than perfect and never finished. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, which part of the book are you most excited to share with the world? Like if, if someone goes to the, the alignbook.com, they pick it up, they grab a band so that they could do a lot of these exercises and start making corrective, uh, taking corrective action to improve their physiology. 
which part of the book, if like, if people only employed one, do you feel would have a profound impact or are you most proud of? Well, there's kind of different directions with that. The things I'm most proud of are the things that were kind of challenging uh, to explore and like wrap my, my head around and, um, you know, gather resources from different people's opinions and all that. So like the moving your senses section, I think is very cool. The posture and personality section, I think is very cool. Um, but as far as like the greatest impact on a person, if I could only give one part to Selma, um, I'd give her the five principles part and just have her do those things. Um, the other part that's, I mean, I'm such now at this point, literally describing the whole entire book, but I think all of it's, it all has value. The other, the other part that would secondarily be of help, um, would be how to change your environment. You know, so if you can go in and augment the shape of your house, the shape of your car, your office, the way that you travel, um, then the medium is the message. You know, the, the medium will form you into a brighter, sharper, stronger, more flexible, more stress-proof organism. Um, so I, instead of giving you one thing, I literally just described the whole entire book and <laughs> here we are. Well, <laughs> 150. And, uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Thealignbook.com. You guys can the pick. I think it's the align method. No, no, it's the align. The align book is where the the pre-sale for the book is. Oh, the pre-sale. Cool, cool. Grab your pre-sale yeah. copy of thealignbook.com. Aaron Alexander, what? Um, some rapid fire questions. Oh boy. What does your weekly training split look like right now? If you were to kind of break down movement and, and how you integrate it into your life. I've seen some amazing videos of you. I think it's yeah. at Gold's Gym yeah. doing a lot of uh, functional, functional movements, handstand. So I thankfully, I thankfully had the blessing of I was picking up a person doing like some partner acrobatic stuff. And I tweaked my wrist like five months ago. And I've been nursing that for the last while. And so I haven't been able to do much of that type things. It's been more of like a rehab. Um, and I say blessing because it helped me to observe how dependent I was on, this is probably going too far, but I've kind of described as almost like prostituting my body for attention. Um, and, you know, and so instead of treating my body with, with respect and nurturing it and seeing like a vessel of, you know, connection and love and support and, you know, helping humanity be a better world or whatever. I was like, look at me, look what I can do. And then when I lost the ability to do that, it was actually quite helpful to like evolve as a human being. Um, so now most of what I've been doing is like surfing, uh, archery. Um, I got into running, um, I still do like a lot of acro yoga stuff. You almost said that with a little discontent. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I got into running. Well, because I'm not, because my, my buddy wants me to do a, 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 an Iron Man, and I'm kind of like, ah, all right, I'll do it. Just pretty much to like kind of have the experience of it. I did a podcast interview with a guy called Sanjay Rawal recently that or did a documentary called 3100. Uh, Run and become this like big, amazing race. He travels around the world, does cool stuff. And so I'm like, all right, I got to check out this running stuff. Um, Carrie's been talking about an Iron Man over here. Oh God, yeah, let's let's sign up for one. I think it's a good bucket list thing. Yeah, exactly. That's me. It's mostly my ego saying, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." But I'm like, "All right." Sometimes the ego can get you. Does that sound fun? It just sounds like a story to tell. Yeah, exactly. That's the main reason I'm doing it. Um, Well, I haven't signed up for one yet, but nonetheless. Um, so typically I'll, I'll do kind of like two a days in quotations. I'll do either like a yoga class in the morning or go to golds and swing kettlebells around and do random things like that. A lot of like farmer carries and just like old school farm stuff combined with like, you know, new age dance moves and yoga, yoga, stretchy stuff. Um, 
And, and then the evening I will, it's a non-negotiable for the most part that I'll go to the beach and um, there's like parallel or, or I mean, parallel bars and pull-up bars and swings and slack lines. And I, I live right down by Santa Monica and Muscle Beach. So I'll go down there, watch the sunset. And I consider exposure to the sun, um, being outside, being grounded, um, being cold, being hot, uh, being uncomfortable in various different social situations. I consider all that to be fitness. And uh, so I try to incorporate that into the whole day. So making it so more like the whole day is this opportunity for fitness and well-being as opposed to it being like, what are my splits? I don't really have a split. You know, it's kind of just like, how, what can I do right now to, to make things better? For sure. Nice. What did you eat yesterday? <laughs> yesterday. Shit. I had um, coffee yes. in the morning. I had coffee in the morning um, with some butter stuff and, uh, had a cup of green tea, like a big old pot of green tea. I did an interview thing in my sauna with this gut biome expert guys. So we talked about things of that nature and drinking tea, um, dinner. I went to Erwan, had a big old fat salad with all sorts of random veggies and hard boiled eggs and, um, just like everything I could find from there. And, um, lunch, I think I had, Oh, I had bacon and eggs in the morning. I felt kind of sleepy after that, actually. Typically, bacon and eggs makes me feel pretty good. But after that, I felt a little, I was like, oh, that's, I think that's too much. Uh, so that was it. I essentially had like two meals, lots of tea in between. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to Selma or anyone listening right now who's enjoyed this conversation and they're on the fence about picking up the Align book? Hmm. Uh, the Align method. It's kind of confusing that it's the Align book is the, is the URL I'm realizing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, if they're on the fence about grabbing the line method, um, hmm, that's interesting. Why would they, I guess I'd want to understand why they're on the fence. I think it would be likely the publisher said something that was interesting that I didn't see in the book that I found to be pretty cool was they said, it's about bringing more joy into your movement, joy into your body. And so I would say, if you are tired of just kind of, you know, the, the splits and the front load and your fitness and the thing kind of like martyring yourself for the sake of like having abs and you want to incorporate more joy into your physical experience, uh, the Align Method would be a great, great starting point. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, for most of my life, I mentally checked out during workouts, the opposite of being present and conscious and connected with my body. Cause I just wanted to get through the discomfort. And then you start realizing that, that that's not the answer. And the answer is being more conscious and more aware. And in doing that, you start to find joy in the practice and recognize the additional joy that it brings to the rest of your day. Yep. So if that's something that, you know, your listeners want that our listeners want go to the alignbook.com pick up the align method available now on pre-order grab yourself a band too i'm going to jump off and grab a band after Thanks, we man. finish and integrate some of these things into into my training and movement practices dope man i appreciate you guys i really greatly value what you guys draw in the world i appreciate you opening up space for me to talk about talk about all this stuff here it's awesome likewise we man. Appreciate, appreciate the work too, you're man. doing you got to come visit sometime yeah, i'm coming to- out Come, come catch a come catch a business mastery or date with destiny or something like that here and you guys are you guys or are our event or our event yeah our <laughs> event's pretty our event's pretty awesome too there's, 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 there's the best event they've ever been to uh, appreciate you man thank you so much all right thanks guys
What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 